WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com. Dot com to start winning. Colts Nation, welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Today, we're going to start a new series here for the channel. It was kind of something we did similar last year, but we're kind of doing it a little bit differently this year. We're going to make it tiers, but we're breaking down each individual free agent for the Indianapolis Colts, breaking them down into groups. And we're going to kind of go based off of how much they were paid the previous season and work our way down the list. I'm going to break down each player, talk about whether we're going to resign them or not based off what would they have done. Uh, but the first person that we are going to name, that will be Eric Fisher, left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts, 31 years old, was paid over $8 million this last year. Total contract was $10 million, I believe. Uh, obviously, Cody, this was your uh, this was your dream uh, scenario at the beginning of last offseason when we were talking about the left tackle group. Obviously, it didn't really go as planned for a lot of us. A lot of us were very underwhelmed by Eric Fisher's play. So, I mean, there's a lot to digest here when it comes to Eric Fisher. Very underwhelming, I think, is the word for Eric Fisher, like you said. And, yeah, I mean, I was I was ecstatic because Eric Fisher, he, while he was never, like, the best left tackle in the league, I thought he was always a really good left tackle. You know, I always thought he was right there, um, you know, in the conversation, I should say. He never was the best, but I thought at certain points he was starting to get better. He kind of had a ro- rocky start to his career And then he kind of settled in at left tackle, and I thought he played really well for the Chiefs the last couple years. So, yeah, I mean, I was excited because obviously there was the injury, but he had played at a very high level. And so it's crazy, man, to see the the difference from, you know, the year prior to this past year, uh, just how big of a drop-off Eric Fisher had. Now, you know, how big was that Achilles injury? How big did that affect him down the stretch? I mean, I think regardless – it's fair to say Eric Fisher was a disappointment for this team. I mean, the fact that he got benched in the last game of the season tells you all you need to know about how the Colts felt about Eric Fisher at the end of the year. Super underwhelming, especially for the contract that you paid him. Now, very fortunately, the Colts only paid him on a one-year deal, so they're not locked into him long-term. He was just more of that stopgap for a season. So if they elect to go somewhere else, they certainly can do that, which I think is good for them in that department. Yeah, I mean... Eric Fisher, you know, had a rough start to the year. You know, that Achilles injury was definitely something that was taking its toll on him throughout the whole year. A lot of people have wondered, is that going to be something that he can still come back from? Because, you know, maybe he wasn't fully back to himself because he was still trying to deal with it. Um, Eric Fisher, really good uh, run blocking left tackle. I mean, that left side of the line was always really good at blocking for Jonathan Taylor, but like we mentioned many, many times throughout the season, 
if you can't protect the quarterback on the left side, then you're practically useless when it comes to being a left tackle. And that's just what happened with Eric Fisher, you know, gave up. I think it was what eight or nine sacks this year, which is, I think almost more than Anthony Costanzo gave up in his last three years as a Colt. And that's saying something, you know, because, you know, some people had some thoughts on Anthony Costanzo, but Costanzo played really well towards the back end of his career. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Colts do. I mean, when you look at the other options to potentially replace Eric Fisher, I've sat back many times and I've said the same thing, Cody, that I think I said it to you actually when we were off air saying that it's almost to a point the left tackle market is so thin for free agent wise that you almost have to bring Eric Fisher back. Now, I know that may trigger some Colts fans, but it might be the truth, unfortunately, because, you know, when we ask about the left tackle group, right, for the draft, there's not a lot of guys in that second round that you feel confident in saying, yeah, we're going to place this guy and we expect him to be our left tackle of the future. We don't, we, there's not going to be a ton of those guys in here. The, the, the tackle market was not as drastic as what it was last year for this group. And, you know, the market is very thin for that. And then when you look at the free agent market, I mean, there's only a few guys here that you would probably even consider. I mean, Nate Salter's going to be 34 years old this next year and was worth and got paid $15.5 million last year from the New York Giants. Uh, we're certainly not going to pay that much for a 34-year-old left tackle. Uh, Cam Robinson, who's who's the probably one of the, I think is actually the youngest of the whole uh, free agent batch. He's going to be 27 going into the next season. He was still worth, you know, $14 million the previous year. And is Cam Robinson worth $14 million a year? I'm not a hundred percent sure of that to to run Armstead that everyone's talking about. Yeah. He's going to be 31 in this next off season still has it still a really good player. I think everyone agrees to Teron Armstead is the best one here, but I mean, he's, he's going to break bank. You know, he's going to probably get paid 15 to 20 million. You can't afford to pay a left tackle that right now. You just can't do that, especially for as much money as we're putting into this group. I mean, Dwayne Brown's going to get over $10 million. He's going to be 37 years old. Uh, you know, and you have a couple different options here, but Eric Fisher, after what this season that we just saw, where you wonder, do you potentially get him for a pay cut? Right? Because, I mean, you, you can definitely resign him, but you're not going to resign him again for over $8 million. You're going to probably sign him for around 3 to $4 million because of how he played. And then if he reboots himself and actually plays like a potential first pick that he was 10 years ago, then you potentially give him a bigger contract the pre the next year. But, I mean, I'm at the point now where I just say you might have to take him because he's the least... Uh, he's the least risky option here. And that's saying something because he was bad last year. He was bad for the Colts. I'd personally almost bring back Matt Pryor just to bring um, and play tackle. him at left. Yeah, to play him at left tackle as opposed to bringing back Eric Fisher. And maybe you bring back Eric Fisher and you have a competition at left tackle. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, you know. But like, I just think you can't just bring back. If you do bring back Eric Fisher, you need to bring in competition. I'll just say that. Yes, you need to do something, whether that is in the draft whether that it is in you know free agency something's got to happen there where Eric Fisher can't be allowed if it's 
if his play continues to to be terrible, if you do bring him back, you you got to have an option that you can go to. You know, you can't just sit back and just have to live with Eric Fisher for another year because if it's your quarterback's Carson Wentz or if your quarterback, whoever it is, if your blind side can't protect you, I mean, you're going to lose games. I mean, Eric Fisher lost them games last year. He was a big part of that in allowing those strip sacks. I think that Tampa Bay game is always the game I went back to yeah. because I was at that game and Eric Fisher allows that strip sack. That changes the whole dynamic of that game. Yes. So, yeah, you need to have competency at left tackle, whether you feel like, okay, we bring back Eric Fisher on a prove-it deal one more year. You know, We see if he can have a full offseason, if he can be fully healthy. Maybe he can get a little bit back in that form, get a little bit better in the pass protecting department. Um, that would be the only scenario I would see is if you bring him and Matt Pryor back and maybe even another guy to compete at left tackle and have an open competition in training camp at this point. That's kind of what I would think. Well, we know that Ballard has always been a guy about competition. We've all, and he's always been a guy about depth on the offensive line on the trenches. So, you know, it, it, that wouldn't surprise me if Matt Pryor, they say, hey, we really like what you did at tackle this last year, but we need you to do it at left tackle this time. We want to see you change sides and we want to see if you can compete for that starting job on that left side because it's yours if you want to make it the effort to do that I would be interested to see that uh and you know it might save the Colts from having to uh you know even if they brought back Eric Fisher on a on a lower end deal on a three four five million dollar deal one year I'm fine with that versus you know re-signing guys like Julian Davenport and Sam Tevy, which we'll get into in another video for sure. But yeah, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm standing on Fisher. Uh, we can go to the next guy here, and that is T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver. Some mixed emotions when it comes to T.Y. Hilton. I mean, we, I mean, you and I sat here. We've said this over the year, and we we've said that. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has just been the gold standard for Indianapolis for a decade. I mean, this guy's been everything to Indianapolis. There was the whole bring T.Y. home movement, right? And that was a, a huge thing on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, we and some of the other people that we knew helped get that thing started. So, I mean, it was really, it was personal to us. And, you know, I mean, I have sat many times and have almost wished for T.Y. Hilton's sake for his health to almost retire. I know that he's contemplating it, but I have said it because, you know, I love T.Y. Hilton. I love the man that he is. I love the player that he is. And I think that him getting hurt constantly for the sake of this team is just not good for his well-being. Um, there's a lot of different ways he can help this team, but I just don't know if him going out there every Sunday and then getting hurt on that same Sunday is the answer going forward for Indianapolis. Unfortunately, I agree with you. Um, I will say though, like T.Y. Hilton showed at certain points last year that when he's healthy, he still's got it. I think he still has it. Um, the thing is Carson Wentz missed him how many times? I mean, you think of that Raiders game, T.Y. was running wide open and Wentz just missed him. So like, yeah. I, you know, when I look at the drop in production for this year, obviously the injury is a factor. I agree with you. But also, I look at just like the quarterback play was not up to par, especially down the stretch, you know? And so, you know, how much fault do you put that on TY? How much fault do you put the lack of production on Carson Wentz? I think there maybe is a mix of both there, but, you know, I, you have to consider at least who's throwing in the football. But yeah, I think honestly, with, you know, TY almost considered retiring last year in the middle of the season. 
with that injury after he got his injury. Um, and, you know, he stayed the course for one more year, the rest of that season. I just really think he's going to retire. I really do because, you know, he's been injured so much the last couple of years, you know, and, and we love T.Y. We think he's a great, great teammate, great human. And I want him to have a great career after football. You know, if these injuries keep happening, I don't want that to impact his life after football. So if he feels like truly he needs to step away, I think we'll all understand. But even if he doesn't, I wouldn't bring him back, honestly, because I feel like there's other legitimate options that you could invest your money into, some younger options, some guys that are a little bit more durable at this point in their career compared to where T.Y. is right now. So, yeah, uh, it's a hard one because T.Y. is probably my favorite player in the last decade for the Indianapolis Colts, so it's really hard to see um, the Colts' a scenario where he doesn't retire and the Colts don't bring him back. But I would totally get it, and if I was you know, Chris Ballard, I think I would make that decision as tough as it is. It, you know, I can't make it an emotional decision. I can't bring him back based off of emotion. I got to bring him. I got to either decide to bring him back or not based off of if he can help the team um, and be on the field. And I just don't know if he can at this point in his career, as hard as that is to say. Right. And, you know, it, it's at the end of the day, you're right. It's not about emotion. It's about production. And even if uh, Carson Wentz gave him a better share of targets, um, do I still think that he could pull a anywhere near like even what Jamison Crowder did uh this last year 51 catches for 447 yards two touchdowns you know TY had those two touchdowns but i mean you know i just don't know if TY is going to get me even at a number 3 position is going to get me 35 to 40 catches for 400, 500 yards and a couple touchdowns. I just don't know if I'm going to get that same TY anymore. You're right, though. It it was unfair to him. Uh, there were a lot of times that Carson could have definitely checked down to TY because TY, as we know, was always the guy that could break zones down. You know, he was always the guy that you could find in there. I mean, Andrew Luck made a living off of doing it for seven freaking years. So, I mean, you know, Carson could have done the same thing. But yeah, TY's not getting any younger. And, you know, from 2019, we said that we thought the health thing was kind of a fluke because he still played even though he was injured. You know, he we figured that wasn't going to be an issue. But, you know, 2020, missed quite a few games, but still came back towards the end of the season, played very well. We're like, okay, optimistic now. But this year, played practically a quarter of the season, you know, was injured all the rest of it. And, you know, it'd be different if he was, it'd be different if you were a Paris Campbell issue because Paris Campbell's young, Paris Campbell still has a lot of time left in him to figure that thing out. But T.Y.'s going to be 33 freaking years old. I mean, it's just not something that you get better with as time goes along when you're that age. So, and we've, we've broken down the wide receiver group already. If you guys haven't already seen that video, we encourage you to check that out. We kind of broke down some of the free agents that we, big name free agents that we thought the Colts could really go and get. And even some guys who may not be big name, but guys that are still going to be someone who you could bring in that would elevate this group a little better than someone like a 33-year-old T.Y. would. Uh, yep. next one here, Mark Lewinsky, our guard, uh, is going to be 30 this next year, uh, was paid $6 million this last year. This one's been a hot topic for Indianapolis Colts fans because, you know, we've been talking about it 
about how much money are you going to spend on guys like Mark Lewinsky, on Chris Reed, on Quentin Nelson, on on everything, right? And, you know, Glow has been one of the guys that has been sometimes the odd man out. You know, when earlier in the season, uh, Chris Reed came in and played extremely well at the right guard position. That's where Chris Reed normally is. And then we were said, okay, Chris Reed's going to sh- split times with Mark Lewinsky because he was doing that well. And then Mark kind of took a lot more of that time back. And then Quentin Nelson started getting hurt and Chris Reed took that spot. You know, so Chris Reed is going to be another guy that you think you're probably going to need to try to resign, not only for the potential to start, but obviously depth is huge there. What do you think, Cody, when it talk when you talk about Mark Lewinsky? I mean, this this is a guy that I think three years ago you absolutely despised on this team. I remind you of it all the time, but uh, I think Mark has kind of uh, been warming up to you a little bit lately. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, I I would re-sign him if I can, you know, for a reasonable deal. um, Because he was one of the best guards in football last year. I mean, according to PFF, which take that as you will, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I would bring back Mark. I mean, you talked about it, the depth and the attrition, especially with a 17th game now. I mean, you're bound to have some guys that are injured, right? You know, it's funny. You talked about 2019 where I felt like Glowinski was the biggest issue on that offensive line. And especially this year, he was not the issue. It seemed like everything else was the issue. It was either Braden Smith getting hurt, Ryan Kelly having to miss some games, uh, Quentin Nelson getting hurt, Eric Fisher getting hurt, and missing a couple games, and also just being outright terrible. Uh, Mark Lewinsky was one of the lone bright spots on this offensive line consistently last year, so I don't see an issue with bringing him back. I know he's a little bit older now, but he's been one of the most consistent and durable offensive linemen that you've had, so I don't see the reason why you wouldn't bring him back. You know what I mean? Especially with how much Chris Ballard believes in this offensive line and the depth on this offensive line and what he did to take steps to invest in that. I mean. You know, say somebody goes down again, you still have a guy in Glowinski that can step in at either guard position and play very well. Um, So unless he's going to go break the bank somewhere, I almost think it'd be stupid to not bring him back. You know what I mean? Because he's been in the system for a long time. He loves Indianapolis. Indianapolis loves him. Um, He's just one of those guys. He doesn't talk a lot. He's under the radar, but he's one of those glue guys. I feel like you need to keep, you know, he's kind of like the Danico Autry in a way. Maybe it's not a great comparison, but you know what I mean? The glue guy on that defense. And when the Colts lost to Nico Autry last year, their defensive line took a step back. 
And so I don't want to see that happen again with Mark Lewinsky in this offensive line, a guy that won't get talked about a lot, but I think he's, he's a key part of this offensive line and I want to bring him back. Yeah. I mean, there really isn't a lot of reasons to not bring him back uh, unless he wants to test the waters in free agency and thinks he can get a $10 million contract a year deal, which I don't believe that he will just due to the fact that he is 30 years old. Uh, you would probably only get like a two, three year deal at the most when it comes to that sort of thing. And I don't know if he's going to actually get $10 million because he's just not a splashy kind of guy, but over the last three years, he's played in every game. I mean, that's ironic enough. He's been probably the most reliable guy on the offensive line when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, at least from availability standpoint. So that makes you feel good knowing he's available almost all the time. He's he's a very solid uh, right guard, and he's somebody that you wouldn't want to really break the bank on. So, you know, it's one of those things that, I just don't see any reason for them not to bring him back. And especially because, you know, I mean, I get he's going to be 30, but, you know, I mean, you look at some of the other guys that are up there. I mean, ironically enough, Mark Lewinsky last season was the sixth highest paid guard in the NFL. That's crazy. A guy that's getting paid $6 million and he's the sixth highest paid guard uh, on the free agent list when it comes to, uh, all these free agent guys here. I mean, it, it, that's insane. And Mark for $6 million, I think is, is a steal. Um, especially cause you know, you're probably going to end up re-signing uh, Chris Reed for something around that as well. I think that's totally worth it to have a great scheme of guards who can play on the inside at either way. Yep, agreed. I think that's important for this team. All right, we'll go to the last free agent here of this tier, and then we'll move on to other guys. Uh, and that last one will be Xavier Rhodes, cornerback. So last year, kind of a, a down year for Xavier Rhodes in a lot of ways. 2021 had a phenomenal season, had a rebound year. Um, went from being, yeah, 2020, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2020 went from a, a guy that everyone was wondering, man, does he even still have it? to, you know, being one of the better zone corners in all of the NFL last year. So that is pretty impressive. And then this year dealt with injuries quite often and, you know, kind of had to take a step back a little bit because of the emergence of Isaiah Rogers. You and I have consistently talked about, you know, the decision to potentially move on from him. Uh, but before we get into that, I mean, what what was your opinion on Xavier Rhodes in that 2021 season? Yeah, you talked about the injuries. I mean, he he had injuries a little bit in 2020, but he always seemed to come back from them. But I think it even shows more that his durability is a concern. You can't count on him to, number one, be there available for all 16 games and, you know, also to finish the game. Um, so, you know, it just sucks that he had to go through that. But, yeah, I mean... At this point, he's older. You have three young corners that you like. Uh, I probably wouldn't bring him back personally because I think his play dropped off significantly. I know he was injured, but like the play was significantly less than it was a season ago, and that's a concern, especially with that injury history now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the corners. I mean, we've been talking about it a little bit over the span of the last few weeks, and we haven't really talked too much about you know, signing a big name guy. Cause we don't really feel like we absolutely need to, um, right. You, you can sign. There's a couple guys here and there that you could, uh, get for a cheaper deal. Most likely, you know, and with the addition of, you know, Gus Bradley, we'll see how that affects, uh, the team going forward. You know, you heard of Casey Hayward, again, as a tad bit older than Xavier Rhodes, only by almost a year, but, you know, it'll be a little cheaper, um, knows Gus Bradley's system very well. And, you know, there's a couple different guys here, but, you know, we, we, we don't really need to pay a ton of money for a guy like Xavier Rhodes. And like you said, the, the injuries I felt last year oftentimes affected how the defense played because I think at times he refused to accept that he was limited in his mobility and, in those moments and it hurt the team a lot of times because he just didn't look like his normal self at times when he was playing like the San Francisco game, the San Francisco game. He actually didn't play that bad in that game at the start of it, even though he injured his ankle in warmups and was questionable throughout the rest of the game, but played a little bit, got a pick, but um, nevertheless got burned a couple times. I just think that, you know, Xavier Rhodes, his speed is starting to die off on him a little bit. You have you have guys like Isaiah Rogers and Rocky Asin who are coming into the fold, but I just think you can find another corner that maybe is younger, but is also a veteran in this league that, you know, you can get for under five million dollars that can come in and and fit into that Gus Bradley scheme even for just a year. Because that's the thing. Corners, I mean, you can find a stud corner, but, you know, corners are very interchangeable in this league. Obviously, the difference in talent is definitely there, but, you know, you can go through, you go, you cycle through like four, five, six, seven different corners sometimes throughout the span of a season. So, you know, th- there's no shame in trying to find another one out there that's, you know, not going to break the bank on you, so... Yeah, yep. Depth is super important um, to get in corners. You know, I'd almost like draft one or bring a new one in about every season um, because it's just, yeah, it's one of those things kind of similar to offensive line in the way where 
you know, you just need guys that are ready, ready to go. Right. It's almost like a committee thing. Like you need like for an offensive line, right. You have, you obviously have your five starters, but you need six, seven, eight guys that can step in, you know, and, and do their job. And I think it's the same way with corner. We talked about it a little bit, you know, when Rocky Sin goes down in that Jacksonville game and then, you know, the Colts are stuck with Anthony Chesley, for example, who really has no experience in the league at all. And, you know, you see the result wasn't pretty. So, yeah, I certainly think you don't need to like invest a ton into this group in terms of like money wise or capital wise. But I do think you need to bring in a couple more bodies for corner. Um, I think you bring, you know, you let go Xavier Rhodes. I think you bring in a couple free agents and maybe a draft pick or something. You just give yourself more shots on the dartboard, right, to to find some quality depth there behind the top three corners, which we think will be the guys who kind of ended the year like that, like we talked about. So, yeah, as far as Xavier Rhodes goes, it's been a good two-year span, but I'm kind of good with letting him walk and go elsewhere in free agency, especially now with a new defensive coordinator as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this tier of guys, uh, just based off of a salary from last season. We'll be doing a couple more of these, breaking down a bunch more of these free agents. Be sure to look out for the next couple. Thank you guys again so much for the continued support. Let us know your thoughts and let us know other things you want us to talk about. Thank you so much. And as always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.